0: Global business news 24 hours a day at
1: Bloomberg.com,
0: the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters. I'm Charlie Pellet the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all hires. We move into the final hour of trading here on a Friday. It will be an up week. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all at records. And this update brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight 2017, the must-attend event for advisors. Two weeks away, under two weeks, the 14th through the 16th in San Diego. If you haven't registered, you still can. Visit PershingInsight.com. Stocks trading higher with the S&P up 7 to 24.37. That is a gain of 3 tenths of 1% now at a record. The Dow at 21,209, up 64, a gain of 3 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 53, higher by 9 tenths of one percent. Sixty two ninety nine. Right now on the NASDAQ Composite Index. The unemployment rate fell to 4.3%. That was below the estimate of 4.4%. Payrolls rose by 138,000, well below estimates of 182,000. Administration reaction from Gary Cohn, director of the National Economic Council, who says, forget me, you got to focus on the big picture.
1: Don't obsess on any one number in any employment report. As you know, we revise them from month to month. But look at the overall trend here. The overall trend is, is really good. Since Inauguration Day, the U6 rate is down 1%. We've, all, we've brought back over close to 200,000 people that were sort of disf- dissatisfied or underemployed in the, in the U.S. workforce. That, to us, is a really amazing trend.
0: David Einhorn, the president of Greenlight Capital, wants General Motors to split its stock into two classes. One would collect on the company's dividend, while the other would capture the value of its earnings. Einhorn's push underscores the challenge that CEO Mary Barra is facing in translating GM's record profits into a higher share price. General Motors shares lower today, a little change down less than one-tenth of one percent. The tenure up 15.30 seconds, the yield there 2.16 percent. Gold up 980 the ounce to 1279 of 8 tenths of 1%. And West Texas Intermediate crude down 1.3% to $47.71 a barrel. Recapping, stocks at a record. S&P up eight, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: Thank you so much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch. With virtual reality, virtually everything will change. Discover opportunities in a transforming world. B of A, ML.com slash VR. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated. This is Bloomberg.
3: So uh are you experienced? <laughs> Have you ever been experienced?
0: Dave Wilson is here, a stock center with his chart of the day and please explain the music.
2: Gosh, Dave, what the heck is that about?
1: Jimi Hendrix! Come on! Are you experienced? Title track of his first album. You know, there's been so much made of the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band by the Beatles. And guess what? Last month was the 50th anniversary of Jimi Hendrix's first album, which arguably influenced music just as much as Sgt. Pepper did, uh, at least in terms of how uh, a whole lot of rock and roll kind of shifted in its wake. Anyway, you know, it's a matter of experience, and let's face it, you know, when you think about technology stocks, the experience that stands out for a lot of investors is what happened in the second half of the 1990s when the Internet was just gaining steam and it seemed like the technology stocks tied into the net were going to the moon. So, you know, the question becomes after the year that we've seen so far in these shares, is it another bubble? Well, Michael Darda, who's the chief economist and market strategist at MCAM Partners, had a one-word answer in a report he put out uh, earlier in the week. Nope. So why would he conclude that? Well, he looked at uh, earnings on the S&P 500 Information Technology Index, came up with what's called an earnings yield, where you basically take the price-earnings ratio and uh, stand it on its head, so to speak. It's the inverse of that and he used profit estimates as opposed to actual results, so we're talking about what's called a forward earnings yield, compared that with the yield on corporate bonds. And he actually picked AAA-rated corporate <clears throat> bonds, where the yields would be relatively low, so you, know, you get some wiggle room in terms of valuation. And as it turns out, you're nowhere near now where you were when you go back to the second half of the 90s. Uh, what you get is what he called an equity risk premium, and it works out to about 1.4 percentage points. So that's how much more, in essence, you stand to earn uh, off the tech stocks as opposed to the highest rated corporate debt. And if you go back all the way to 1999, I mean, you're looking at numbers that were negative, by as much as six percentage points. So, in other words, the equation now in terms of the valuation of these stocks is very different than it was back in the day. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. So, David is different this time around,
2: perhaps, according to Mr. Darda. Indeed.
1: It's right. always
0: different. Right. Well, it's Carl working on him he joins us right now. He's our Blooming Intelligence Chief U.S. Economist. And, Carl, I, I always maintain that it's always a little bit different, but sometimes the results are, are the same.
2: Which is why backtesting by new investment strategies isn't always going to be an indicator of what's going to happen in the future. I'm just saying. I just thought I'd throw that out. Carl, take it away. <laughs> i
3: <I'm> sorry. <laughs> to say this time is different. Uh, you know, When economists say those uh, words, then you really start to worry.
2: Well, what do you do when you look at, like, this environment where it's hard to really get much out of, you know, wage growth, inflation? You know, you look at what's happened. I'm assuming you take a look at kind of things that have happened historically. I mean, is it just very, very different, this environment that we're in? It certainly feels that way in some regard.
3: Well I you know I without being too trite it's the old adage that uh, history may not repeat but it rhymes and uh, that applies to economic uh, models as well you need to tinker with the uh, variables and the coefficients and you know relationships do hold up over time but uh, each economic cycle has a different fingerprint, and so you have to adapt uh, accordingly. And so, for example, uh, in the current cycle, there's all this concern about low productivity growth. And uh, part of that is that uh, the drivers of the economy tend to be uh, from low productivity sectors of the economy. Uh, And uh, if we do see a shift this year towards more manufacturing activity and uh, uh, improvement in the uh, energy sector and mineral extraction and whatnot, those tend to be higher productivity. Uh, And uh, you could see the numbers uh, change just because of the uh, composition of growth changing.
0: That's interesting um, because it's the one place that this administration which walked into office with so many great – so strong – trend in employment um, might actually see improvement in a manufacturing economy, or, or the I should say the employment numbers could get better if we get a lot more manufacturing.
3: Yes, so uh, you know, there's a lot of service sector jobs tied into manufacturing, so uh, a lot of times economists are quite dismissive of uh, the, the fate of the manufacturing sector, but uh, we should not be so dismissive because of all those related industries like engineering and design and transportation and sales and whatnot. Uh, the general rule of thumb is uh, for every manufacturing job, there's about three service 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 sector jobs uh, that are also supported uh, by that uh, activity. Uh, That being said, as we tie it into uh, today's jobs report, which uh, was a disappointment across the board. Uh, what uh you know earlier this year uh, and following the election we saw this big rise a rally uh, in a lot of manufacturing uh, related surveys the ism the regional production surveys out of the fed uh, and lately those surveys have started to cool I think as uh, a lot of survey participants have uh, lost uh, some of their enthusiasm for things like deregulation and tax reform and significant changes to trade policy and whatnot and as that enthusiasm has Wade, it looks like it has taken a toll on not hiring as well now one month does not make a trend uh, nonetheless we saw layoffs in the manufacturing sector this month mm.
2: but I thought we are bringing manufacturing jobs back to America
3: well that's what they say I'm just wondering <laughs> it, it's not showing up in the data just yet that being said I do think it is a, uh, a valuable endeavor to try to bring that manufacturing activity back because so much service sector activity is tied into that
2: Interesting stuff. Dave Wilson, anything you want to add?
3: I'm good. <laughs> you good. <laughs> Carol, light data to next week, but we've got okay. uh, ECB and uh, UK elections. All right, so it switches
2: overseas. Carl Adana and Dave Wilson. Thank you, thank you. This is Bloomberg.
0: Let's get some more of National News headlines with Nathan Hager and our Bloomberg News at 99.1 Studios in our nation's
4: capital. Thanks, Corey. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt is defending President Trump's decision to pull the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Agreement. He says it won't stop America from leading on carbon reduction. And while Pruitt acknowledges human activity does contribute to global warming. You know, people have have called me a climate skeptic or a climate denier. I I don't know what it means to deny the climate. Uh, I would say that there are climate exaggerators. Pruitt says Paris would have put the U.S. at a competitive disadvantage without making much impact on the climate. Not so, says House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi. What
2: happened yesterday on the climate issue is an embarrassment to a, a country. And it should be an embarrassment to him personally. Corporate leaders in the
4: U.S. and world leaders from Europe to China have called the president's decision a big mistake. More deaths in Afghanistan's capital two days after the suicide truck bombing near the German embassy that left 90 dead. An Afghan lawmaker says government security forces have shot and killed eight protesters who are demanding better security in Kabul. More than 1,000 people have taken to the streets. One protester, uh, protester says police have beaten the demonstrators with sticks. Others have been detained. Former Penn State President Graham Spanier and Vice President Gary Schultz will have to spend at least two months in jail for failing to report Jerry Sandusky's child molestation when they first heard about it in 2001. Sandusky wasn't arrested for another decade. A state judge sentenced those former administrators today, along with former athletic director Tim Curley, who will get three months. Spanier plans to appeal. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.